I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 26 of Season 6 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capresque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Lisa Leahy of Rabbit Hole Podcasts. Welcome back to the show, Lisa. Thank you, Rob. I'm excited to be here. This is such a classic, and it's a big, big uh, favorite in my family. So I was happy to get to join in. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I'm able to have you. Come on. It's always nice having a teacher when you're dealing with, uh, you know, stories like this. I mean, did you ever read the story? Have you read the real story uh, that this is based on? No, as a matter of fact. No, the closest I've got is uh, my husband has done a radio play version, and I saw that. Okay, okay. So no, I've actually never read the story. The Greatest Gift. Um, it's only like 18 pages, so it, it shouldn't, you as a mm-hmm. teacher, you should be able to fly through it. You know, if you, if you want to send oh, your yeah. copy of in it, between so classes, Rob. It. in between classes, nice what do you mean that. in between classes? <laughs> when you give, when you, when you pass out, uh, assignments to the kids, you can just sit there and just flip through it. You know, I mean, you seem to me oh, as I someone wish. who's no. just like a speed reader, <laughs> you know, I, I remember as a kid, there was, you maybe it was, maybe it was on the electric company or something like that. And there was like a, a character named the speed reader or something like that. Um, so you, you, yeah, interesting. I think of you that way. I don't know why. I'm actually not. I do not read as fast as people think I do. I read a lot, but I don't read quickly. Um, so it's like, it's just because every spare minute I am typically reading. Um, and so, no, I actually do not read fast. I like to savor, um, especially if it's something really well written, I'll slow down. I'll read paragraphs more than once. Um, I read I paragraphs more than once when I, I when I nod off while I'm reading, you know, <laughs> you know, I keep rereading the same paragraph and I'm like, why am I not comprehending what I'm saying, what I'm reading here? You know, and each time I close See, my that's eyes. That's what I say when I read student papers. <laughs> I hope, they, I I hope they're not listening. What's being said here. <laughs> I hope they're not listening. <laughs> oh, hey, they can, you know, what's interesting, Rob, you might get a few because I have some seniors this year who have found me. So they've been digging through some of my podcast. Okay, sure, no problem. I don't, I don't have a problem. You know, spring it on them. You can, you can let them listen to all the, the first five seasons, also. You know, and, absolutely. Yeah, but but this is probably of the of the five movies I've done up until now. I think this is probably the first movie that you probably discuss in class. I doubt you talk about Die Hard. Do you have like Die Hard discussions in class? Yes. Oh, I do okay. actually. I've talked about Die Hard more. Then I've spoken about this one. One, because it's one of those like big deal movies that everybody has a huge debate over whether it's a holiday film. And so kids come at me because they think I have the answers. And I'm like, yes, I do have the answers. It is a holiday film. Well, just tell them to listen, um, they, also, tell them to, listen to the entire season. Season three, we talked about it every week. Every one of my guests talked about the fact of whether it was or not. And I think there were two of like 25 guests 
that that thought that it's not considered a holiday movie. Everyone else did. I mean, they again, have never been invited back. No, they've been invited back, but the, the idea is, you know, when you know you're preaching to the choir, that type of thing. It's a problem. Exactly. You know, I, but I, I did teach. I don't have Don diversity in my here. film class. Okay, I, I don't have diversity when it comes to to my guests. You know, most of them like the movies we talk about. You know. <laughs> If not all. That could be interesting, huh? Getting somebody in who hates the movie that you're discussing. That could be fun. There was there was someone who wanted to be on this show this uh this show and he told me his uh his outlook on this movie and I said, I don't think so. But but we'll actually talk about that a little bit this week because the, the some of the cool. issues he brought up come up this week. And I figured what better person to talk to than Lisa about those things. I love it. So we'll 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 get there later in the week. Sounds good. So minute twenty six begins with Mary asking a delicate question and ends with George getting ready for the wind up. So let's start this off by by why don't you tell people your background with this movie? So it's funny um, when I was growing up, um, you know, my father was a big movie guy. My earliest memories of movies were watching them with my father. Um, you know, like my earliest movie memory. In fact, I think my earliest memory is me watching Star Wars and seeing the stormtroopers come onto the ship and the sounds and the clicking and stuff. It's a, it's a story I've told a couple times, but my father loved not on my show. movie, watched it. What's that? <laughs> I said, not on my show. You haven't told that story on my show. I okay. haven't. Oh, no. that's interesting. We'll have to come back to that one. Um, so my father would watch this every year. And I was friends, you know, I had a close-knit group of friends up through high school And my friend Susan was a big fan of this film. Her father was big into old movies. Her mother was big into reading and old movies. So, like, that was a lot of what they did. They watched this movie. And for a time, I was one of those teenagers that, you know, rolled my eyes at a black and white film. So I had never seen it. And up through high school, my friend Susan would try and get all of us to sit down and watch it together. And I was one of the real vehement, absolutely not. And so it became this thing where I refused to watch it just to kind of drive her nuts. Um, I don't remember when I finally see it. It had to be probably in my mid-20s when I finally went, okay, I'm going to watch this movie. When I, you know, had developed more of an appreciation and, you know, liked Jimmy Stewart and liked these old films and needed to know what I was talking about, um, especially having spent time working at Blockbuster. So it might have been early 20s. But anyway, watched the film, completely fell in love with it, of course, Um, you know, I'm not the kind of person who's into sappy love stories, but this is one of my favorites. Um, and it's just, it's one of those films that kind of holds an important place for me. Um, the irony is that, you know, my father adored this film. My mother refuses to watch it because she doesn't like black and white movies. So it was sort (laughs) of a running joke every year that my father would watch it. I started watching it and now my mother still doesn't want to watch it. And so it's this whole fun, um, aggravating each other whom we're close with uh, in not watching it just to kind of be a brat. <laughs> okay. That's fair. That is definitely fair. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't understand why people just, my, my wife is that way too. She'll see a black and white movie and she'll be like, Oh, it's a black and white. It's too old. I don't want to watch it. I got her to watch this a few years ago and she enjoyed it. So. And there you know, it is. It's see? a question of just getting over that hurdle, you know, yep. uh, but, but people who aren't movie people, you know, I can understand that they'll look at it that way. You know, yeah. But, you know, what can you do? Not everyone can be a movie person. <laughs> no, it's true. And it's something that, you know, you kind of have to work your way through because then you get it with non-English speaking films, too. Like I have students who typically shut that stuff down and go, oh, I don't want to read my movies. However, I will say 
in all of our favors, thank goodness for this move, the fact that nobody can hear anything anymore and so many of us have the the captions on all the time, yeah. this whole hurdle of I don't want to read my movies is going away. I have kids ask for the captioning to be on even when we're watching English speaking, uh, English spoken films. So I think we might have finally gotten around to the non-English speaking hurdle. Okay, I mean I'm so I'm, I'm like that too. That. I love I love having subtitles on whatever I'm watching. Yeah. Um, because there's always something that I'm gonna gonna miss or whatever it is. So yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Um, the truth is I am not a fan of foreign films. You know, and it's not because oh, that's fair. and I think it's I don't think it's because I don't like reading the subtitles because again I I read subtitles with English language movies but I think it has more to do with the fact that I like the the, the combination of both listening and reading at the same time. Sure. And with foreign films I can't do that. So I I do that's see fair. them. I have seen some. Uh I've I've seen some that I love. You know, it does happen. But in general, you know, if I'm given a choice between something in a different language and something in English, I'm going with the English, you know. Yeah. I mean, I do have to pay attention. So, like, if I'm having a bad focus kind of day, it's got to be an English spoken film. Right. Um, but as a horror fan, I if I were to ignore the foreign entries, I'd be missing out on a huge category of the good stuff. Well, thankfully, I'm not a foreign, so I'm I not a horror fan, so I don't have to worry about that. And see, it's perfect. <laughs> it works out for you. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to do... Uh, you know, a season of a foreign film, you know, so people, That's too bad. Uh, no, it's fine. That's fine. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> That's for somebody else to do. That's right. Exactly. There are thousands upon thousands of movies out there, you know, so we'll, we'll let other people do, do, do those. You know, that's fine by me. There you go. So basically we ended things on Friday with uh, George and Mary walking home from the, the party. Uh, the two of them are wearing very strange clothing. You know, she's wearing a robe, mm -hmm. and he is wearing a an oversized uh, football uh, uniform because it's apparently all they had. You know, and they are carrying uh, their wet clothes uh, together also, and they're just having a normal conversation on their while they're walking. And you know, they, they, they she talks about her age, and you know, he gives somewhat what sounds like a disapproving <laughs> response, and then she says, "Too young or too old." That's how this minute begins. He goes, oh, no, no, just right. Your age fits you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a, he's such a, I mean, I'm going to make like stereotypical comments to this whole thing. So my running gag is going to be, he's such a boy. Because he says so many dopey teenage boy things. Um, like I can come up with, I mean, off the top of my head, three or four on one hand of friends that I had who were just like this. And I can give you, I mean, dozens of names of students who were just like this. And I think it's endearing. Okay, but, but you know, like but, he doesn't know what he's saying and he's not thinking. That's right. But he's also not the type of character. And we'll, we'll see this later on. Also, he's, he's not the, your typical, uh, uh, he's not a teenager anymore, but he's not your typical boy character. True. You know, he's 21 at this point. This is 1928. Okay. So he's not your typical male character who is just after all the girls. You know, that type of thing. Right. He's he's very shy. He's not, um, quote unquote, into Mary. You know, I see. I would disagree that he's not into Mary. But what I see and this is the other thing, it might be my experience is a sort of a more fringe kid, offbeat, nerdy kid. Um, this is exactly the kind of kind of friends that I had, like a little bit more of those genuine boys, more of those boys who 
you know, weren't off chasing girls. That that wasn't their their way. And it certainly wasn't the kind of girl I was. Nobody was chasing after me. Uh, but, you know, you have those close friendships, you have those fun relationships with people. And I think the most endearing boys were the ones who got tongue tied because they just kind of let everything go without the filter and said completely ridiculous things that you couldn't get mad at because they didn't know what they were saying to begin right. with. That's true. I mean, again, there'll be a lot of things that we're going to talk about this week that fits right into there. You know, that, that yep. that's basically George's personality. I mean, here you have this 21-year-old yes. kid who... Okay, uh, I'll I'll uh, I'll backtrack and and take away what I said before that he's not into her, but he doesn't understand the concept of being into her. I think that's what it comes down. to. Agreed. Okay, so I yeah, I, I totally. misinterpreted it a little bit the way that uh, the way that I said it. All right, because he's walking her home, he's having a nice time, he's talking with her, but their conversation is very strange. Also, you know, it is, and it gets even stranger as the the week will go on. Um, you know, for him to say your age fits you, you know, it's a little strange also. And then he goes, yep. yes, sir, you look a little older without your clothes on. Exactly. And he goes, I, I mean, <laughs> without a dress, you look older. I mean, younger. You yep. look, you just, you know, and I don't think he means this. He doesn't mean this maliciously at all or, or in Not a predatory all. way or anything like that. Nope. You know, because. W- w- He's a doofus. It's wonderful. Okay, that that's a a fair uh, way to describe him. It's charming. It's charming yes. at first, mm-hmm. I think. Yes, and again, he doesn't. I mean, well, <laughs> I'm I'm jumping a little ahead, but but he is a bookworm. He's he reads about things. He doesn't experience them, and this is something that comes up here. It'll come up later on, you know, when he's talking with Violet uh, four years from now and things like that. You know, the the idea that 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 George experiences things by reading them, you know. And he he wants to go out and experience things in the world, but he's just not there. Right. You know, and that's the the the, the crazy thing about uh, the whole thing. You know, as as much as he tries. Yes, absolutely. And basically, you know, he he continues uh, walking with her, and he's just completely putting his foot in his mouth. Yep. Uh, with, over and over yeah, again. Yeah. And that's just it. Like she's got this knowing look where and it, it's just fabulous to look from one actor to the other and just see how subtle the performances are and how you just look at Donna Reed's eyes and the cute little smirk. And she knows all she has to do is just keep walking and keep her mouth shut. And he's just going to keep on blathering on to fill the silence. That's right. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, the whole thing is just really it's it's a strange conversation because he's putting his foot in his mouth the whole time. Or and, you know. As he, you know, and the, the two of them start getting weird about the whole thing because they both say, uh-oh. <laughs> yes, and, exactly. You know, and, and as basically as they're walking, so he steps on the the belt of the, the, ro- of the robe that she's, uh, that she's wearing. She has this, this belt that's, uh, you know, behind her. Do you think he did that on purpose? It's hard to say because... I mean, obviously, Jimmy Stewart is doing it on purpose. And you could, I, I, I can't come up with a solid answer for this. I don't, I think the character is not meant to have done it on purpose. Um, I think it looks too silly for 
us not to notice. I think because we're so zoomed in on it and we see it happen, his, you know, his left foot turns out to the left to make sure he gets it. He's a tall guy. He's got big feet. He's got big shoes. I don't know. I, I, I like the end of Inception. I can argue both ways. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> it's fair. not I, a great I think answer, I, I know, but I just, it's no, but easy. I, I think I think at this point he's he didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. I think later in the week we'll we'll debate that one again. But right That's now fair. That's But fair. right now I think he he doesn't do it. Now my biggest question is is how come she hasn't tied the robe closed in the first place? I think she's just overwhelmed by it both literally and figuratively. No, um, she's she's walking she again, we don't know what she's wearing. Okay? And right. it doesn't matter. Okay, the, the the idea is that she's not wearing her dress. Okay, forget right. about whether whether she has undergarments on or she has nothing on. It doesn't matter either way. You know that that that's not the the point here of what's going on. Okay, right. but you would think that someone like Mary, okay, is going to want to. I mean, she's she's holding the robe closed with her with she's her. She's gonna hand. have to either way though, because that that sash, unless she wraps it up toward her neck. Um, to the podcast listeners, I am actually like miming it with my hand. <laughs> I forget sometimes that it's audio, not video. Um, but even if she ties that around her waist, the top is going to flop open because this is meant for like a football player with the shoulders and the pads. Like you can tell this thing is at least three sizes too big for her. Correct. So I, either I agree way, with you she's going to have to hold it close. I think she just feels more secure knowing that she's relying on her own hands rather than some string. Not no, the, the sash. Right, but I would I would think that that uh, logically she would use both. She yeah, would tie I the mean, belt, it's fair. and at the same time, you know, she would she would be, uh, you know, uh, holding holding the 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 top part so that uh, to be holding it both. Exactly. That that's what maybe I would she think. wants him to step on it. Maybe she wants him to step on it. Mm, I don't think so. That I don't think so. I, I think. <laughs> You I, won't even entertain it. No, I won't entertain that because I think I think that she is so mesmerized by George that yes. it doesn't matter. You know, oh, she's she's funny. not thinking straight. It's not it's not that she wants George to 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 step on on the belt and have the robe fall off. That that no, yep. she still keeps her modesty and she still wants to 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 keep things on a pretty platonic keep things appropriate. Keep things appropriate and platonic the, the entire time. Okay. Yeah. But I think that her mind is a little mushy at this point because here she's with this, the man of her dreams or the boy of her dreams yeah. or however you want to refer to it. Yeah. That, that's what I think. I would and, say, I think that's fair. Right. And then George apologizes in a very strange fashion because he says, Oh, I'm on the thing here. He doesn't, he, can't, he doesn't <laughs> even know to call it a belt. You know, don't tell the nope. thing. And and then she turns around and <laughs> and says, "Sir, my train, please." Yes. You know, and and then he picks it up and it goes. Kind of flops it over. That's right. It pox upon me for my for a clumsy lout. Mm-hmm. Your caboose, milady. Caboose, <laughs> like, and that's such a non-attractive word too. It's hilarious. It cracks me up every time he says it. Caboose, like, no, that's not her caboose. The caboose that's is right. a little further up. It's too funny, though. <laughs> no, Caboose is, is what, what trails at the end. Yes, I know. You know but you think, he's not yeah, talking about her. About he's boost. not talking her, uh, about her uh, uh, posterior. Okay, That's that, what I thought, though. 
No, I don't. Th- I don't think when he says caboose, that's what he's referring to. He's referring to the fact that this is what what's trailing at the end of your train. Mm-hmm. You know, because right. she says, "Sir, my train," and he goes, "Okay, your caboose." But it's funny that he calls her milady. Yes. You know, which uh, I think it's sweet. Yes. Do Do you know the what what the terminology of milady means? Nope. Okay, I it's can a, spell it, but I I can't actually tell you. Okay, it is the French way of addressing a noblewoman. Basically, it's it's the the feminine form of milord, which is also you which know, makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Do Do you know fictional characters that we know of as milady? See, I always uh, I always love trapping the English teacher. No, because <laughs> I'm learning French on Duolingo. I don't necessarily read. I mean, I'm coming up with you know like probably somebody in the Three Musketeers or the Count of Monte Cristo, but um, I I can't. I'm, I'm getting it right, so that's good. Um, but I haven't read either of those in a very, very long time. So, but have you seen the movies? Did Did you ever see years the, ago? Did you ever see the 1994 uh, Three Musketeers? You know, with Kiefer Sutherland and Charlie Sheen. No, Rebecca actually, Mornay. I'm more, I'm more into um the Man in the Iron Mask and Gabriel Byrne as D'Artagnan. Okay. Like Jeremy Irons. Like I like that version of them. Um, I just think of them as being older. I don't think of them as heartthrobs. You know what I mean? The way okay. the '94 one portrays them. Okay. Well, the the uh, wait, the '94 maybe it's '93. It's '93, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, uh, somewhere in that early. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's '93. '93. But first of all, I love that version. I think it's a great version uh, because it's yeah. so much fun. Not because they're heartthrobs. Just it's a fun yeah. version of it. Of course. And so, but if you look at that cast, that was definitely teasing out the teenage girls. You know, you've oh, got Chris sure. O'Donnell coming off Circle for of sure. Friends, and you've got yeah. Kiefer Sutherland and definitely yeah yeah for sure um so the, the character of milady de winter was played by oh. rebecca dubonnet oh all right fair enough so that is the uh character um it it, it was actually uh uh one of i mean in in that version at least it was the the ex ex lover of uh of of one of them, uh, the, of Keith Sutherland's Catholic character. I'm trying to remember ah, which one gotcha. he was. I think he was, was he Athos? I think he was Athos, if I remember correctly. I, like I said, that one, it's been years, you know, like it's Well, you said you mine. never saw it, so. <laughs> but that's, I don't remember the trailers either. Like, I don't remember who was what in that, so. Well, I, one of the things I love about that, I love the music in that movie. You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's kind of all for really love, all for love, you know, with uh, Sting, well, Brian, Adams, Brian Adams and Rod Stewart, all three <laughs> of them together. Remember. Who was the third? Rod Stewart. Oh, that's right. Good point. Yeah. I thought I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, right. So Keith Sutherland played Athos. So there we go. It was it was Athos. Look at you. Yeah. Well, I looked it up. I'm getting you on my trivia team. Man. Oh, all right. Yeah, but you remembered <laughs> before you looked it up. Yes, I, I was right. I just didn't. <laughs> I just wasn't 100% confident. You need that confident. confirmation. That's right. I wasn't 100% confident on that. Got it. And then she she puts out her hand and goes, "You may kiss my hand." <laughs> you know. So cute. And at this point, they they both notice that things are getting a little a little bit too serious for what they're really looking for here. You know, we see Mary gets nervous. Well, when nervous. you get into somebody's personal space, you know what's going to happen. That's so right. It makes a difference. That's true. And then uh, George changes the subject. Goes, "Hey, hey, hey, Mary," and she starts uh, just singing. <laughs> yeah, she continues. Too soon, too she soon. Can't do it. That's right. She continues with Buffalo Gals, mm-hmm. and he just turns away and says, "Okay, 
then I'll throw a rock at the old Granville house. Back to being a boy. Let's throw some rocks. That's right. Oh, no, you don't. I love that house. Now, you see, you make a wish, and then you try and break some glass. And you got to be a pretty good shot nowadays, too. Meaning that most of the, the windows have been broken already. And no, mm-hmm. ju- and she says, oh, no, George, don't do it. It's full of romance, that old place. I, I don't understand why. Why would you think that that gothic. old house? It's gothic romance. I totally get it. Yeah, okay. It's it's gothic. It's She's looking at that house and she's seeing what it once was and what it could be again. Like, because she wants to live there and she would bring this house back to its former glory kind of thing. Um, I, I can see it. You know, like you think about those those Victorian gothic romances and it's just sort of like how there's that tragedy in the romance, how there's loss in the romance, but they still love each other despite all of it. You know, like I, I see it. Oh, OK. And then she continues and says, I'd love I'd like to live in it. And George mm-hmm. goes in that place. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I wouldn't live in it as a ghost. <laughs> yep. See? The boy with the literal logic and the girl with the vision, you know, like that's that's it's fitting the stereotypes left and right. That's right. I mean, it's it's great how basically what he's saying is I wouldn't be caught dead there. You know, that, that's more or less uh-huh. what he's saying by, by the pretty the, much the way that he's saying <laughs> that here. You know, it's a, it's a great line the way exactly he does it. It's lovely. I do like it quite a bit. And then he he starts uh, he picks up a rock and starts winding up getting ready for the pitch. And then that's where the minute ends. Does. So, I mean, I thought it was really interesting, the the whole idea of, of, you know, breaking a window is like a, you know, superstitious uh, act. I like like it. You know, have you ever ever heard that? It gives him a reason. You think that, I know breaking a mirror is supposed to be bad luck. So why is breaking the window of of an old uh, Gothic haunted house you know, considered to be good luck or they get a wish, you know. I I had never heard of that. Like, that's not something I grew up with. Um, I think it's nicer than I'm simply going to cause more destruction to this place. Um, I think this version gets them out of that. I'm just some, you know, bratty young person who's going to break things because I can I think this gives it some of that gothic romance. It gives it some whimsy. Um, and so I like the way that gets fit in here. Yeah, but it's also the, the whole idea that, that uh, you know, I don't know if this is the way to uh, quote unquote woo a woman by telling her I'm going to go and break, break a window. No, yeah. definitely not. But it's, I don't, he's not focused on that right now. You know, like that's not something he's trying to do. Right. Well, he isn't, he isn't. That's How what strong. I, it goes back to what we were saying before. You know, on the one hand, he he does, that is his goal here, but he doesn't realize that that's his goal. Well, that's just it, exactly. Like, he's just there walking home, and he it's very slowly dawning on him. Like, you got to wait this one out and wait for the light bulb to flicker on, you know? Right. All right, so you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the segment? I think we have covered it. Okay. So every Monday we have a segment called Capra Monday where my guests will give their top five Frank Capra movies. Uh, So, Lisa, why don't you start with your number five and work your way up? I'm going to embarrass myself. I only have three. Okay. Because I've only seen three Capra movies. You you are in good company because Jay also only had three. So there you go. Oh, I feel a little better, but it's still like, ugh. Like, I was looking at the list and I was like, this is embarrassing. 
embarrassing. I need to see more. Clearly, this is what I need to do for next year. There you go. So my number three <laughs> is It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> so, again, I mean, I guess I've only seen two other ones. I don't have anything new to add, unfortunately. Okay. You see, you had so much time to prepare and you didn't do it. Maybe. I didn't. I didn't go and like watch it. But see, what's the chance that I'm going to watch extra ones that are going to be like fighting for those top spots? I figured let's keep it authentic. These are the ones I've seen. Let's not rush it. So. Well, one second. Do you complain when your students uh, cram for a test? And maybe that's why you didn't do it. No, <laughs> I. I mean, I. Is it right? No, I don't. All I want them to do is open the book at all. They won't even do that much. Oh, okay. Um. But no, with this, I would have, it would have been You need to send them little TikTok, uh, you know, uh, videos and, and they'll. I, I appreciate very much that you think I'm cool enough to use TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't know. I am not. I, didn't, I don't even I didn't think I didn't think you were cool enough to use TikTok. I just know that your students probably do. I, I have the same issue with, with my kids. They do, kids. but thanks for that, Rob. You know, I just, <laughs> I have the same issue with my kids. You know, it's like. I love it. You know, I, I, I. You know, one of my one of my sons last week wanted to know we we installed a new fan and he's like, What does this button do? And I said, Well, why don't you read the book that has the instructions and it'll tell you what it, it does? He said, Oh, just push it and see what it does. I said, No. Exactly. Go and take <laughs> the book and do it. and he refused to take the book and do it. And yeah. in the end and he you pushed just push the button. He pushed the button and nothing happened. And then uh, then afterwards you know, so I went and read it in order to explain to him what it is. And I said, this is a button that basically is a timer that after 30 minutes, the fan will turn off. So if you push it, nothing is going to happen right now. You have to wait 30 minutes. And then if you push twice, you have to wait 60 minutes and stuff like that. But that that is the generation. That's the generation of today. You know. They, they, but I'm also like I would absolutely have pushed the button because I'm more interested in let's see what happens. You know, I'm I I'm a little bit of the um yeah, F around know. and find out. There you go. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. What I do when I play Phasmophobia, I take all the cursed objects and I go, what happens if I do this? <laughs> and then I die immediately. Okay, <laughs> I go, then, well, that's what you do when that happens. And then you go back. That's fine. Exactly. My next one is Arsenic and Old Lace. Um, you know, one of the classics of the classic comedies. Um, I just, I think that one is, is super fun. And, you know, I, I'm sure that one's in a lot of people's top three. Um, one of those big famous ones, again, you know, you've seen it on stage, you see it in the films and he did a really great job with it. Um, and my favorite is it happened one night because I went into this place for a while and I don't know exactly how it started, but I was craving old black and white films as a kind of comfort. I don't know if I was like having some anxiety kickups or what, but there was something to having, you know, let me just find on TCM some old movie that I can just have on and like, you know, the lights off curled up in bed, just sort of like hanging out, watching some old movie. And I had never seen it happened one night. And so I found it. I was like, I'm putting this on. And it's sort of like the, the pinnacle of that comfort, um, sweet sort of black and white film to kind of like ease the anxiety kind of thing. So I go back to that one for it. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Not even because of the plot or anything, but there's something about that movie you, that just brought me that. You feeling. just like watching the, the genesis of uh, Bugs Bunny. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. You <laughs> found me. You got me. There you go. All right. Great. So you want to tell people uh, where they can find uh, Lisa Leahy? 
you can find Lisa Leahy in the Rabbit Hole Podcast Network. I show up there on a number of different shows, including Between the Scares, in which Jason Soto and I are working our way through every film that Jason Blum and Blumhouse Productions have put out into the world. And I am also the host of our Rabbit Hole Podcast Book Club, which is called Pictures and Conversations. Each month we select a new title and we have a discussion about it. Um, And we're ending the year with um, sort of a wrap up of reading and what we enjoy and what kind of things we like to talk about before we get back into it for 2024. We haven't picked our new books yet, so you'll have to keep an eye out for that. All right, great. And while you're doing that, you can go review and subscribe to any podcast you might be using to listen to this show. Finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter, which is for some reason now called X. And you can find me on my website, MovieRobMinute.com. So until tomorrow, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly Life with its sorrow, life with its tears.